Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, May 17th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back great longtime Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson for Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky show, as always, brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what Ben Jarofsky's writing about. It's all there at ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to find more from Ben Jarofsky, just go to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-B as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this the parties over Wednesday, and here's why. (laughs) You know why, ladies and gentlemen. You know why. All right, so let's follow me on this. On Monday, Brandon Johnson sworn in, inauguration. We're going to talk to Monroe about that in a little bit as Chicago's 57th mayor. And Tuesday, my newspaper, newspapers filled up with just bright and cheery, optimistic stories about the inauguration and the happiness of the left, the celebratory uh, atmosphere uh, resounding throughout uh, leftist circles in the city of Chicago as one of their own uh, took control of City Hall for the first time, really, really in an election since 1983, uh, 87 with uh, the great Harold Washington. And then, of course, uh, today's Wednesday's Wednesday's papers were filled with denunciations from the Vallis crowd in the city of Chicago, from MAGA in the city of Chicago, from the Harumph crowd in the city of Chicago. So the party's over. You know, they didn't even give the lefties like a day to celebrate. They came right back at them. And let me, let me just, but the Chicago Tribune. Editorial board in Chicago Tribune waiting with an editorial, one of the dumbest editorials I've ever read. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to one more time. You're you're welcome. I read these things so you don't have to. My distinguished guest, Monroe Anderson, hasn't read a trip editorial since the Reagan years. Doubtfully even read read them back then. I talk to lefties all the time. Did you read the trip editorial? No. I talked to centrists. Did you read the trip editorial? No. <laughs> they look at me like I'm nuts. Why would you read a Tribune editorial? I don't know. I mean, good habits are hard to break, I guess. Anyway, this Tribune editorial denounces denounces Brandon Johnson because he what he uh, signed an executive order naming a a mayor in charge of labor relations. And the whole purpose of the um, of having a deputy mayor, she's a deputy mayor in charge of labor relations, is to help the labor movement in the city of Chicago, help workers who want to organize. Essentially, there's struggles going on throughout the city of Chicago. We talk about them on the show a lot, like 
museums and universities and Starbucks. Either they're uh, organizing unions uh, for the first time or they're battling the employer uh, many times going on strike for higher uh, wages. There's been a, a movement in the city of Chicago for almost 10 years uh, that uh, to raise the minimum wage. It became so powerful that Rahm Emanuel jumped aboard that bandwagon to raise the minimum wage because Chicago in many ways is unaffordable. It's a real contradiction. We fund the city, follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen, with the property tax, but the property tax as it rises makes Chicago more and more unaffordable. It's, it's a huge contradiction as we try to figure out how we're going to fund government. What can we afford? To, how, we, how do we pay for it? So, you know, you got to raise the minimum wage if you want to have the work base in the city of Chicago. Nah, nah, nah. To just move them all out to the burbs and have them come in. Monroe always talks about how Chicago is following the Paris model. So that's the model they're following. Anyway, uh, the Tribune weighs in with this uh, denunciation of this mayor. Let me see the relevant part. Um, uh, here we <laughs> This is from the Tribune. They wrote this today. In the private sector, manage, oh, here we go. The deputy mayor would balance demands and expectations of a unionized workforce with the need to hold the line of costs and to ensure that the most management power remains with elected officials, not unelected bureaucrats. In the private sector, management does this all the time. Like us, decent public corporations, which is not all of them, respect the role of unions in giving workers a collective voice. They strive to negotiate fair contracts that balance the needs of workers with those of shareholders and other stakeholders and ensure that the business itself can stay afloat. If the business fails, after all, everyone will be out of a job. I have no idea what universe the people who write these editorials live in. <laughs> I would think, what Obviously, though, they haven't been paying attention to what's happening at their own newspaper. The Chicago Tribune has been destroyed by capitalism. If you take a look at the Chicago Tribune that existed in the 80s when Monroe worked for them, and the Chicago Tribune that exists now, it's like a sliver. It's like a sliver of what it used to be. That's because rampant capitalism freaking destroyed it. We can go down through the whole history of it. You know, Sam Zell buying the paper, leveraging it, borrowing way too much money. And then they all then capital. Oh, my God. This hedge fund that owns them, squeezing them like like just squeezing them like they're an orange to get every drop of juice out of there. The the Tribune's God bless them. Their editorial workers organized a union, you know, and they're not getting much in the way from Alden because that's Alden's. That's their tactic. That's what Alden does. They buy a property, a newspaper, and then they squeeze it by just like stripping it, getting as much as they can from as few people as they. That's why the Tribune, take a look at the Tribune sports section, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think the editorial writers of the Chicago Tribune actually read the newspaper they write for. If they did, they wouldn't write such garbage. Oh, the benevolent capitalists who run the world. Oh, Every day they wake up thinking, what can we do to make our workers' lives happier? No, it doesn't work that way, ladies and gentlemen. More, more likely it's Mr. Scrooge. Have you Scrooge? I'll squeeze you. Anyway, that was in the Tribune. Maybe, maybe um, it, it was written by AI and not human beings. 
That's next Tribune. Hey, you hey, you editorial writers of the Tribune got bad news for you. Monroe's right. If all they keep they're gonna replace all of you with a robot. One robot. Any idiotic robot can write that dribble. <laughs> and then there's this one really briefly. Uh is in the Sun Times, pretty funny in a weird way. Uh the headline says it all. No honeymoon for Johnson, at least not with Fulton Market Association. So already with their demands, the Fulton Marketing Association, and God bless them. Isn't that how democracy works? You make your demands. That just reminds me so much of Harold Washington's days. Everything that's happening now reminds me of Harold Washington's day. But as soon as Harold Washington was elected, it was like all these collections, mainly of white people, realized we're going to start making demands because – the machine never paid attention to any of these people when Byrne was the mayor, when Daly was the mayor, when Bolandic was the mayor. But as soon as Harold Washington was in, suddenly they go, oh, my God, we could play the victim card and pre pretend as though he's picking on us. And they organized. We we're we're overlooked. No one listens to us. And suddenly Verdolia and Burke, the older men at the time, go, Yeah, we're gonna stick up for you, even though they never stuck up for them ever the whole time. The Daly and Blandick and Byrne were the office. That's kind of what's going on right now. Oh God, the city. Yes, uh Mayor Brandon Johnson, you wanted the job. I'm not quite sure you're gonna want it once the, the uh, blowback happens and it's already happened. But here's the one thing I'll tell you about this Fulton Martin thing before I bring on uh Monroe, they're denouncing uh, the TIF program as well they should. And they're saying that all the initiatives that uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson wants to pay for could be f funded with money that already exists in the TIF program. And I think there's, they have a good point there. Obviously, I've been reading my coverage of the TIF program. You're welcome, Fulton Market Association. I'll say this. For years and years and years, the TIFs have been a piggy bank to help subsidize the development of downtown thriving communities in and around the loop, the near west side, the near south side, Lincoln Park, et cetera, and so forth. Never once did I hear anybody from corporate Chicago, the Chamber of Commerce, talking about how tips are actually property tax hikes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Mayor Brandon Johnson start spending a majority of TIF dollars on things that benefit poor people, particularly poor black people, you are going to hear a thunder, a thunder from the corporate Chicago, the Tribune, and the uh, trains. This is a tax hike. Suddenly they're going to open their eyes to the fact that, it was, that it's a tax hike. They've ignored it all these years. Why? Because it was largely benefiting their constituents. Duh. That's why they ignored the tax implications of the TIF. As soon as the TIF starts helping poor people, poor, poor black people, you're going to hear all about the tax hike. Uh, and uh, so anyway, Mayor Brandon Johnson, you wanted to be mayor? Well, <laughs> you're the mayor. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my distinguished guest, Monroe Anderson, legendary Chicago journalist, once worked for the Tribune back in the 80s. He did it so I wouldn't have to do it. Thank you, Monroe. Uh, by the way, 70s what, and 80s, well, 70s, mainly, and 70s, mainly 70s. I left there in well, 85, yeah. So, okay, 70s and 85 80s. to 85, yeah. <laughs> you know what I love? When, when they correct you when you're right, you know what I mean? <laughs> 70s and 80s, uh, right. well, when you're half right, <laughs> that's out in the 70s, half 70s right, not bad, bad for me. 
<laughs> uh, so before uh, I get your thoughts on uh, uh, Mayor Johnson's uh, inauguration, and then we have a lot of uh, national news to get to. Uh, was I a- accurate when I said you haven't read a Tribune editorial uh, since the Reagan years? Is that about the last time you think you read one of those things? Yeah, I never read a Tribune. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I well, let me take that. Let me, I, I'm half right now. Let me take that back. Since I, I wrote for a year and a half, I wrote an op ed page column for the Tribune. Yeah. I read that. Okay, <laughs> but, I, but the actual Tribune editorial, no, because even as a young man without a high blood pressure problem, it raised my blood pressure. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tribune editorials will do that to you. Uh, <laughs> Tribune, no, you're way too left for the Tribune. You and Salim Muakil, uh, he wrote briefly for the Tribune's editorial uh, page. Uh, they, they they like, oh, these, they don't even like white leftists, but a black leftist? Oh, my God, Monroe, forget it, okay? Uh, you don't have any st- they, they'll, they'll give Willie Wilson a column. There, there's our kind of a black columnist. All right, your thoughts on uh, Brandon Johnson's inauguration? I know you watched it. Uh, yes. Did you enjoy yourself? Um, okay, first of all, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it was far too inclusive. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 he had this thing went on and on before he got a chance to speak because they were trying to include. So you had a, a, a Latinx woman singing the, the national anthem. Then they had some high school group singing the black national anthem. Then, uh, then they had a Muslim speaker. And then they had a native, uh, an original American speaker who um, t- ran it a rave, rightly so, about how they had been exterminated <laughs> and, and chased away. And, and, um, and the history has never been told about how they were treated here in Chicago by Chicagoans. Uh, and... Um, they they had some somebody from the um, gay community talking, and um, and then finally they got they got around to the mayor at some point. Well, no, you're forgetting. Uh, oh, by the way, you're uh, you're turning into uh, just a, a grumpy old man. I just want to tell you that right now. That <laughs> Monroe Anderson's views and opinions do not reflect those of the Ben Jarofsky show. No, uh, yeah, I made yeah. a little facetious, but it did, it went on too long. That's the point I'm making. It's like that, well, that's why it was too. They gave everybody a term, but they uh, should have given them a shorter term. Well, it's part of the coalition. They wanted to yeah. uh, recognize every every member of the coalition. Uh, by the way, if you haven't already, I urge you to check out. There's a comedian, Gary Owen, uh, who he's a white guy, but most of his audience is black. Uh, I haven't quite figured out how that happens, but he's uh, he's really crossed over. He does a bit about the difference between white church and black church, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. I'm going to send it to you. And urge you to follow. Oh, oh, what's the best way to send it to you? I guess email. Uh, you'll be laughing. It kind of reminded me uh, 
of Gary Owens bit where there was dance, there was dancers and singers and a poem and, uh, you know, <laughs> a sermon, a, maybe two sermons and et cetera, et cetera. Then they got to introducing Remember, the, the mayor Lightfoot came out and they, they did a roll call of the aldermen. They got to hear who, who was popular. Who oh, got, yeah. Right. You know, boo! <laughs> Chicago, the, the lefties booing all the, uh, uh, conservative aldermen. How's Lincoln Park taking it? Uh, Monroe Anderson is our correspondent in Lincoln Park. Uh, he is our our show's expert on uh, uh, white people in the city of Chicago. How are they handling Monroe? Uh, <laughs> Brandon Johnson's uh, elevation to mayor. Are they are they freaking out or are they uh, sort of accepting it by now? Uh, they they have a wait and see attitude. Um, supported by a well surely he doesn't know what he's doing he's gonna mess all this up <laughs> those people don't know how to run a business let alone a city so <laughs> yeah so one of my neighbors who I won't name because he is my neighbor and uh, we we've even had dinners uh, once and he, inv he invited me. He has a a, um, a a membership to the um, Cliff Club. Cliff Club. Cliff Dollars. Yeah, Cliff Dollars Club. Mm -hmm. And we they invited me to watch the um, uh, Fourth of July fireworks uh, once upon a time. So I. Um, I, li I like him enough, <laughs> as Obama said about Hillary. So, but anyway, he I ran into him, and he said that um, he had he had heard he had, he, had, he had gone to see both Dallas and Johnson speak, and he came away um, feeling that he 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 loved to go to church service with Johnson, and uh, but but when it came to a business meeting. Uh, for the city that um, he, he'd rather have Dallas doing that. So that is, by the way, straight up what I heard during the Washington days and is really, in my opinion, it gets your thoughts on it. One of the most patronizing things I've ever heard uh, because what it does, it reduces Brandon Johnson uh, to like an entertainment figure. Well, he'll entertain us with his uh, oratorical uh, majesty. Like, wow, he can really talk. He's articulate, which then becomes like a kind of a demeaning word. You know, I mean, articulate is pretty good. I like to be thought of as articulate. I know you want to be thought of as, but when, like, sometimes when white people say about black people, he's really articulate. It's like, what, is he, what do you expect? You know? But that, uh, yeah, like, that's, that's the attitude. Uh, Bob Davis, who was a Tribune City Hall reporter back a long time ago, yeah. uh, went out, I, I was covering City Hall briefly at that time, and he says to me about one some wall, some white alderman, I forget who, he said, uh, he's 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 the dumbest white man, I know. And then he realized that that perhaps may have been offensive to me. And then he 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 apologized. 
We're saying it. Wait, he, he apologized right after having said it? Yeah, because I, I guess it may have been the look on my face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And did you accept the apology? Uh, of course, because he was a Tribune reporter. <laughs> and he had also, I think in that same conversation, talked about why you had to have white reporters cover City Hall because the aldermen needed somebody who they could um, chat with and get along with. Sort of of like the old boys club. Um, Do you recall if this was during uh, the time when Harold Washington made these comments to you when Harold Washington was mayor or was before Harold Washington? No, it was when... it, it was it was when Harold Washington was about to become mayor. Yeah, that that, that was like an existential crisis for a lot of white people. Right. Because uh, they didn't have any with the reporters at City Hall. They didn't have any contacts. They were used to having all these contacts. So when they needed something, they just called up some some white person they knew, some fellow white person they knew, and they'd have entree. Now they had to actually, oh, God, go out and meet some black folks that they could call up and get information from. Yeah. No, I, uh, uh, that the notion of the black man in charge, uh, is frightening to many people in the city of Chicago. So, uh, I'm hoping your neighbors can get through these early days okay. Uh, I hope your neighbor, let's just call him Billy Bob for lack of a better name, uh, will be entertained uh, by Brandon Johnson's preacher-like qualities uh, and impressed. You know, and then he'll, next time he sees you, he'll go, my, 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 Monroe, uh, but uh, this new mayor is quite smart. I, I, I think he will only be impressed if uh, Mayor Johnson gives him some of the business that <laughs> Mayor Daly and Mayor Rock gave him. <laughs> All right. As they say, follow the money. (laughs) It would be amazing how smart Brandon Johnson will uh, (laughs) become if he gives this guy some money. You know, Monroe, I never really appreciated Brandon Johnson until I got this contract. By the way, I I will say this. Brandon Johnson uh, is a great public speaker. And uh, I think about Chicago's public speakers, uh, the mayors, and it's kind of been all downhill since Harold. Yeah. It, I mean, and it was all downhill before Harold. Daly, yeah. Daddy Daly couldn't talk. Belandic couldn't talk. Jane Byrne was better than those two, but, you know, she, she wasn't. She, she really wasn't that great a public speaker either. And I hate to say it, but your guy, Sawyer, may have been the worst of them all. No. Daily, baby daily was the worst of them all. Uh, and Rahm and Laurie are improvement over day. But the bottom line is we've never had, except for Harold and now Brandon Johnson, you know, people give powerful, convincing speeches. Like, I don't, I think that's kind of refreshing. Don't you? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, his speech was was very good. There are a couple of minor things that were, editing in my mind, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I would have said it this way instead of that. There's only a couple of instances like that, but he had a theme. Yeah. Uh, 
he delivered it uh, with with clarity as force, forcefulness. There was some humor in it. I mean, he he did a and before it was over, he was preaching. Yes. So he got a full sermon. He took us to church. Yeah. <laughs> And people were like uh, responding as always in church. Preach, right? right. Oh uh, no, there was some guy in the audience. I don't know who who was telling him how wonderful he was and how great it was to have him. He was he, he was a reverse heckler. <laughs> he sounded like a heckler to what you what you heard what what he was saying. In, in, in fact, um, Mayor Johnson was a little irritated, was getting a little irritated because he kept shouting out. And then he realized that he was praising him and said, oh, that's not so bad after all. I kind of like that. A reverse heckler. Uh, all right, let's uh, uh, deal with some of the national news. There's so much. Uh, oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. I'll start in Florida. Uh, uh and a uh, bad day for Ron DeSantis. Uh, good day for civilization. Uh, bad day yesterday uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. They had a mayoral election. Uh, now, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, the previous mayor or the current mayor of Jacksonville uh, is a Republican. So it's a city that elected a Republican, a man named Lenny Curry. Uh, they have term limits, so he cannot run for reelection. Uh, and in the election to uh, succeed him, Donna Deegan, a Democrat, defeated Daniel Davis, a Republican who had been endorsed by DeSantis. So DeSantis's whole thing is that he is the master of Florida, that uh, Florida loves him and adores him, and that Florida is this prosperous state that uh, will is is what everybody like the garden of eden that we should all try to emulate. Where, where woke goes to die yeah that's where woke goes to die thanks to him right and, uh, apparently woke exists in jacksonville because uh <laughs> they're woke not asleep right well, um woke, 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 woke was it was like uh uh a uh some, some something from the walking dead yeah <laughs> And in addition to that, DeSantis was trying to show how powerful and influential he was outside of Florida. Uh, so he endorsed Kelly Kraft in the Republican primary uh, to um, for governor in Kentucky. And she got whomped by Daniel Cameron, who Trump had endorsed. Yeah, so, so, yeah it was a tape. Uh, uh, who, whose coattails are longer? And uh, DeSantis lost. Yes. DeSantis lost. And Monroe, I'm just not seeing Ron DeSantis emerge from this primary. I I think that DeSantis was the hope of what a Republican strategist who realized that Donald Trump was the kiss of death in a uh, general election. Right. Bring the party down. So they were saying, oh, well, We'll quickly put DeSantis in. He'll be he's so extreme right winger. MAGA will love him and they'll go ahead with, you know, replacing DeSantis for Trump as the front runner. And we'll do this without having to denounce Trump. We'll pretend he doesn't exist. Well, well they, thought they, they, thought, right, they, they thought that 
DeSantis was a smarter, more polished Trump. And he may be smarter than Trump because the bar is low there. But he he's he's been trying to out Trump Trump. And um that's not going over so well for him out, outside of with the Trump nuts. And then they like Trump more than they like DeSantis, so his numbers are actually dropping in the polls, not climbing. Well, he's going to have to, um, in my humble opinion, uh, stop pretending as though Trump is non-existent and go after Trump if he's going to win, if he's going to prevail. And uh, he's not pretending that Trump doesn't exist. He's afraid of Trump. Well, that's uh, the same. He, he's afraid he doesn't want Trump um, um, truthing about him. Isn't that the name of Trump's Twitter imitation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. true anyway, he doesn't want Trump saying nasty things about him, which is naive, at least because Trump says nasty things about everybody and he and particularly nasty things about people that he doesn't like or that is stealing the, the limelight from him. Well, um, so, all right, we're going to take a little deeper dive into Trump and his um, CNN town hall because Monroe actually watched it. Yes, that's how dedicated he is uh, to covering Trump. Uh, I just watched clips of it. But there is an area where DeSantis has sort of inched forward to criticizing Trump, and it has to do with abortion, uh, which... Say what you will about Trump uh, being utterly insane, but he has grasped the reality of the post-Roe uh, world and that the MAGA's extreme opposition to abortion is the kiss of death in a general election. But and Trump, so okay, but the thing is, Trump is a New Yorker. And so he's always been pro-abortion until he had to go with the uh, white religious nationalists. And so he's he, he he's bragging. He's trying to have it both ways. He's bragging about how he's responsible for the death row because he put the, the Supreme Court justices on who killed it. But on the other end, he when he was asked during the the the, the uh, rally, I was always sorry that it was a town hall. <laughs> but anyway, when he's asked about that, he waffled on it. He said, "Well, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm for choice, but uh, I can't tell you how 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 long." the um, fetus should be in the stomach before you don't kill it. Uh, I don't recall him saying I'm for choice. I don't believe those words came out of his mouth. What he said was he was talking about DeSantis. He was, first of all, he babbles. So it was really hard to pin him down. That's one of his, one of his rhetorical tactics that he used. Sometimes um, referred to as um, word salad. Yes. A word salad. Exactly. Correct. But he, I, I did write down uh, this one quote, uh, which is so classic Trump, because um, 
it's not true. The, the essential part of it is not true. But he was talking about, he was trying to draw a contrast between his position on abortion uh, and DeSantis's uh, position on abortion. And he was trying to do it in a way that would not alienate uh, the anti-abortion people whose votes he needs if he's going to get the Republican nomination. So he says he was talking about the new bill, the new law that was signed by DeSantis that puts a ban on abortion after six weeks. And he said uh, many people in the pro-life movement feel that was too harsh. Many people in the pro-life movement feel that was too harsh is what he said. And I'm like, who? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, it's the pro-life people who want this. He's trying to be. But that's so classic Trump. Monroe just makes some shit up there, says it. You right. know, the, the poor lady, the, the reporter is trying to quote unquote fact check him in real time. Yeah, that one, was. I think, slid by many people. No, no, no. The, the problem is from from the first uh, question on, he lied um, like an ARK or AR-15 being fired. It's like it was rapid fire line. She could you she couldn't she couldn't keep up with him. She kept and she kept telling him, well, that's not true when she could. And he just ignored and tell another lie. Yeah, well that I mean, so there were so many you can't keep up, but that one in itself, many people in the pro-life movement. So he's trying to make it seem like the pro-life movement has sort of an open mind about abortion as if the movement itself hasn't been like a like a steamroller heading to eradicate abortion rights in this country for the last i don't know 50 years right. he's like well you've gone too far and even people in the pro-life movement think it's too harsh i go hello there are people in ohio and south dakota and texas who say you can't even get a in ohio so you can't get an abortion if you've been raped he he was referring to the faith choice people like himself who are who really don't care about abortion one way or the other, but have to appear so to get votes. I I think he's just making something up, Monroe. I don't think there's anybody in the uh pro first of all, I don't no, think a lot of a lot of a lot of these guys, these um Republican elected officials are really not pro-choice, but um, to get votes, that's what they they, they they need to be. So that's that's how they become. Or, or, or they're not really uh, uh, anti-choice. Right. They really, like Trump. My, my, I've always figured that Trump bragged so much about uh, how uh, his sexual escapades and uh, in the uh, 70s, in the 60s, in the 80s, in the 90s, right. and in this century. Right, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, last month. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's bragging anymore. He's getting up there in age. Yeah. But uh, I just work from the assumption that he had probably paid for a few abortions, you know, and he just hasn't come out. That's, oh, yeah, right, of course. Yeah, that, that would be my guess, too. Yeah. And uh, and so now, of course, he has to, like, pretend like he cares uh, about the fetus. And um, but he still says many people in the pro-life movement. Well, yeah. And, and you and I both know the only thing Trump cares about is Trump. Yes, that is correct. The only thing Trump cares about is Trump. That is exactly right. How he has won over 40 percent 
uh, so of the American public is one of the great con jobs of all time. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, so now we move over. Uh, oh, but any so uh, any further did thoughts? Did we finish with DeSantis? Did we, did we talk about the book ban? No. Go ahead. Right. Well, he, he, he is, is um, banning books. He's because he has total control in, in Florida. So now books are being banned uh, if they mention anything to do with the black civil rights movement. Uh, George Floyd got, got stricken from a, uh, some, some book. I mean, his, 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 his every, every, everything is critical race theory that has to do with black people and therefore is not allowed in books. And then there's the gay, uh, the, the uh, don't say gay, thing he has going on. It was for elementary school and, and uh, preschool children. And now it's K through 12. So you can't mention being gay or talk about being gay at all. He, he's instituted that. So I mean, he's just, he, 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 he he's, he's out uh, fashioning Trump. He's more of a fascist than Trump is right now. You think so? Wait, yes. more so than Trump? Yes. You know, the town hall meeting, you think and where Trump was uh, celebrating the uh, insurrectionists as heroes, saying that he uh, would pardon them if elected again, uh, saying they had a legitimate cause, which is the the theft of a presidency, even though the only theft was the one he attempted. Uh, you think... You think I have to disagree with you there. I think uh, I think that uh, Trump is still the uh, if you view it's at a competition as to who is number one in the polls for biggest fascist in America. Trump's number one. I had around DeSantis in my humble opinion. You put DeSantis ahead of Trump. And I'm, I'm talking about in actual policies. Um, I'm, I'm talking about. Not words, but actions. I mean, he. I mean, he is really just. Um, he he's he he's gone off the charts. Yeah. Uh, wait. Not okay. Hold on. Not words, but actions. Donald Trump got on a phone and called up the Secretary of State of Georgia and said, "Get rid of those votes, so that I, I am." That would be words. I see. I, I think those are actions. Yeah, he, uh, no, he was asking. He was telling them to do it, but nothing happened. In the meantime, um, DeSantis has gotten his paper, his, his rubber stamp legislature to pass all these really um, dr draconian laws. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you really want to irritate MAGA, put that out there. I know you don't do your Facebook thing anymore, but put it out there. Just tell them that uh, uh, DeSantis is banning Anne Frank, uh, the diary Anne Frank. They're gonna, right. How dare you say that? He's not. Right. <laughs> They'll start arguing with you. Oh, maybe, my God. Maybe, maybe I'll get back. Maybe I'll, I'll get, get back and do it. Yeah. But, uh, I, we we put a clip uh, on Instagram uh, from a show where uh, we were talking about abortion rights 
And, um, oh my God, it's all these MAGA people weighed in and denouncing. It's not true. The liberals are making stuff up. And I point out that the Dyer Van Frank was the 62nd. I looked this up, Monroe. The 62nd most banned book of the top 100 uh, for uh, 2010 and 2019. Unbelievable. 62nd. People are really upset with that book. Um, weird weirdness in the world. All right. Uh, so, yes. Um, uh, so Trump is battling DeSantis uh, to uh, be the nominee. And uh, meanwhile, I don't think anyone. Well, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, has announced uh, he's running uh, in the Democratic primary against uh, Joe Biden. I don't think that'll be much of a threat. Um, but uh, so there was a um, a mock Joe Biden commercial that I've been telling you about that I uh, I want you to hear. Yes. Uh, and uh, so you really you're going to hear it. You won't see it. Um, it works just hearing it, but it just the visuals are also pretty funny. Uh, and uh, so I think what the the comedian did. I didn't, and I don't know, it was from uh, the Comedy Central. I have no idea who actually is the person responsible for this. Otherwise, otherwise, I give him credit. But what the comedian did was take this commercial of Joe Biden's announcement that he's running for re-election and then uh, put over the, uh, the, the video of uh, his uh, <laughs> rather funny lip uh, sync of what Biden should be saying. Uh, and so I, I'm going to ask uh, producer Chris to play this uh, and then get your response, uh, Monroe, as to how effective it would be if Joe Biden actually went on the campaign trail and said these things. So, producer Chris, play the video, please. Look at these jokers. No, I'm serious. Look at these fucking shit birds. We can't let them back in smearing shit on the walls of democracy. Now, hey, I know I'm old as fuck. I get it, America. I'm tired. I'm slowing down. I make Al Pacino look like Timothy fucking Chalamet. I know I wasn't your first choice in 2020. Hell, I wasn't my first choice. You think I like getting a syringe of B12 plunged in my ass every morning just to stay alert enough to run this country? Shit, no. But these are the cards we're dealt, Jack. I'm going to be so hopped up on goofballs and cocaine. I'm going to make Don Jr. look normal. Reality is I can't step down and let who? Kamala run? Have you seen her as Veep? Get the fuck out of here. My priorities in 2024. Number one is I'm not the guy who sent a violent clown brigade to kill Nancy Pelosi. So all I can say is a vote for me is a vote for four more years of holding fascism at bay. Or as long as this ticker keeps pumping a minimal amount of blood for consciousness. And if you can't tell this is an AI generated voice, then lots of luck in your senior year. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, so do you think four more years vote for me is keeping four more years of keeping fascism at bay? Do you think that's an effective campaign appeal if he just went with that, Monroe? Uh, basically, that's what he's doing right now. <laughs> but he's doing it in a uh, Joe Biden sort of way instead of that exaggerated sense. But that's that's exactly what he's doing. He, you know, his his favorite quote is. Don't ca- compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternate. Yeah. And uh, what what he's saying is, if you want for Trump Trump to come back and and be as horrible as he was, then good luck. Yeah. No. The opening, uh, the visuals shows the insurrection, uh, and that's what he's talking about. His clips of the insurrection. And uh, look, 
this is why I think that Biden, uh, like all things remaining the same, like everybody remains more or less healthy. Uh, Biden will. I think Biden will beat Trump. I think Trump. Oh, yeah, will beat he will. For sure. will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it'll be nervous. So we'll be losing our minds throughout most of 2024. Because remember, okay, this 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 whole infrastructure let your bill that he got passed. They're the um, the bulldozers are are at work now, and the pavers they're they're actually shovel ready. They're, they're not only are they shovel ready, but they're shoveling. And so as as each month goes by, and and new and good things happen in in their little town, you know, the, the people are getting um, the internet for the first time in these rural rural areas. areas. I, the thing is though, Bi- uh, Biden has to put his name on this stuff. I don't know if he is or isn't, but uh, when when Obama came up with all the stuff for the state. He didn't put his name on it. And so the senators would go to the 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 the, the, the groundbreaking and take credit for it, although they had voted against it. And so, so a lot of the, these p- people in America had no idea that this was Obama's doing. Yeah. No, I know Obama dropped the ball in so many ways. I hate to say it. But I, listen, I'm watching with concern the so-called uh negotiations the debt ceiling negotiations that uh, president biden has agreed to undergo uh, with uh, representatives of uh speaker mccarthy they um so there will be a a congressman graves from louisiana who will be representing kevin mccarthy uh and a couple of white house aides will be representing uh joe biden and they'll be negotiating on what programs uh, to cut that the Democrats will agree to cut uh, before the Republicans side on to vote to lift the debt ceiling. Uh, and um, I'm all over the map with this one, Monroe. Um, we had David Ferris on last week. Uh, I urge everybody to check it out if you haven't heard it already. He's, he, he absolutely believes that Joe Biden should just play hardball and ignore McCarthy and use whatever tactics he has to uh, to raise the ceiling the, using the 14th Amendment, uh, if he has to, because the language is in the 14th Amendment, uh, giving him the authority to do so uh, without having to go to Congress. Uh, I just feel as though um, it allowing McCarthy to negotiate uh, cuts is just symbolically a wretched thing, in my opinion. The Democrats won. They prevailed on these important issues. Uh, so why should they backtrack? I don't. I don't see why they should have to backtrack. Uh, they. I don't. Re- I can't imagine the Republicans backtracking. They, when they passed, they they passed the budget when Trump was president three times without with with without a question. There was no yes. concern, and a third of the the overdraft that we now have is from the Trump years. And and them and them giving the um, tax breaks to the ultra rich and the corporations. Yeah. Yeah. Year and, after, now, yeah. and now what the Republicans, but McCarthy, with their quote bill that's a theoretical bill. It's not a real bill, but their theoretical bill 
is um, is mainly just taking away all of the great advances in the first two years that Biden came up with and got, and actually got through Congress. And now they want to cut it. And, 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 and I mean, being Republicans, they want to do stuff like um, be, before you can get welfare, you have to have a, a job. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and I got to give a shout out to producer Chris. Before you came on, we were chatting about this. Uh, and you know, there's so much money that's being poured into the military, right? Just unbelievable amounts of billions of dollars, right? That we have absolutely really like no sense of what it's going for. And right. how it's making us any safer, if it's making us any safer at all. Right. Our greatest threat, they tell us, is the economic threat from China. So it's not even a militaristic threat. And the Republicans who are saying we need every single nickel. Monroe, they're all over the map. They're all over the map on this issue. You got Tommy Tummerville. I don't know if you've been following this. The senator from Alabama who's like waging this like cultural war against the military, saying they've become too woke. And he's holding up the appointments of uh, various generals uh, that uh, because he well, wants- he's, he's he he is a white nationalist. Yes, I mean, and and I mean, and he 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 was he was questioned about that, and he's he 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 he's he, he. I mean, he basically just came out and said, "Well, what's wrong with being a white nationalist?" <laughs> Yeah, you know what's particularly hypocritical about him? I mean, he was a football coach uh, at Auburn. Right, and he he didn't have any black players, of course. (laughs) I'm sure he had some black players. I'm being facetious. Oh, you're being facetious. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't talk this way to the black players when he was their coach. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, is like, they're, on one hand, they're waging war in the military. On the other hand, they're insisting that uh, every nickel of the military increases is deserved and that if you don't vote for it, you're weakening America. Now, you, you know, what has happened over many, many, many years is Congress has very strategically Put military bases, uh, military uh, factories, d- uh, d- doing military equipment, weapons, into various states, and so that's 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 how all of this has become. It's 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 about being reelected because of the fat. You're talking or, about patronage. In Chicago, yes. they'd be denouncing yes. it as patronage. Your exactly. neighbor, Billy Bob, would be denouncing it as patronage, even though even while he's collecting his little piece of the buy right. and contracts. Yes. Right. right. And so yeah. that's I mean, this is why the military is our largest budget, period. Yeah. Well, I and so I'm with uh, producer Chris. I don't know why they're getting so tough uh on people who need food stamps, let's say. Make you go work for food stamps. What a crazy system, man. Like the jobs don't pay enough for people to make pay their bills. So we have food stamps to help them get by. It's essentially it's a subsidy for the corporations that don't pay a living wage. 
Right. And now they want to say, no, we're going <laughs> to, we we're going to make it that much harder to get a food stamp, but the military budget you can't touch, even though the we're denouncing the military as woke. There's so much contradiction coming out of the Republican Party. Monroe, I don't know how their head doesn't explode. Well, no, this this is their problem. It's this is why they have the culture war going on. Is because they don't have any ideas. They don't have any plans. They they you know they. Um, so what they're doing is scaring their people into coming out to vote against the Democrats who are, who are actually doing things and trying to address problems. Mm-hmm. And, and they, I mean, they have, you know, um, McCarthy's so-called budget is just, it's insane. I mean, if you yeah. look at it, it's just absolutely insane. And it's not good for the American people. It's good for, if you're part of the, the, uh, 1% that is good. But other, <laughs> otherwise, even the, the idiots are out there voting for and sending money to Trump. Oh, we forgot to talk. We have to talk about this, how, how he has been ripping <laughs> the, the Trump supporters have been being, being ripped off by Trump <laughs> by sending in money to 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 because he the election was stolen from him. Yeah, he, they knew the election. And, and they just conning these people. They 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 they're fleecing them, coming coming and going. Great. So yeah. now it's, there's an investigation going on about this. You know what? If they're dumb enough to send them their money, money, then I don't. They deserve what what they get. I'm sorry. It is. I don't feel sorry for a MAGA who just pours the money in. He says such ridiculous thing. So we just had the uh, the uh, John Durham's report right. uh, about the alleged um, God, what bogus uh, the alleged conspiracy in which Hillary Clinton was feeding uh, information to the FBI to turn them against Donald Trump uh, regarding uh, the allegations that Donald Trump's uh, campaign was colluding with Putin uh, to steal the election from Clinton, which we all know was going on. Uh, the report was a big nothing. The Durham report, they came up with absolutely nothing of consequence. Uh, and, and Trump, Trump had, had, had uh, classified it as the greatest scandal. Yes. Yes. Of, of the century. Here's what, here's what he wrote. The Durham report spells out in great detail the Democratic hoax that was perpetrated upon me and the American people. This is 2020 presidential, presidential election fraud, just like stuffing the ballot box, only more so. This totally illegal act has a huge impact on the election. The Durham report, just so you know, did not do anything like that. It was a, a huge whimper. Uh, they couldn't find any uh, significant evidence of anything that was uh, alleged. Uh, and uh, But that doesn't stop Donald Trump from saying uh, that it uh, spelled out in great detail the Democratic hoax uh, and that it's the same as the theft of the election, which didn't occur either. And so he just continues to repeat his lies. People continue uh, to fund the lies. Uh let me tell you this one. This is this is a surreal, um, Monroe. At the start of the uh, investigation by Durham, Trump and his allies went further, stoking expectations among their supporters that Mr. Durham would imprison high-level officials, including 
former directors of the FBI and CIA, James B. Comey and John Brennan, and Democratic leaders like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden. Right. They were all going to jail. They were all going to jail. (laughs) Durham was going to find the evidence and put him in jail. What a freaking joke. He goes, he's still saying it, and they're still sending the money into a Monroe. (laughs) Except Fox is really interesting. Some Fox anchors now are questioning that. They 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 had somebody on who was supporting the, this 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 new lie about how uh, Durham did come up with some stuff, and basically they were asking, they said, "Well, where's the beef?" Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and and of course, the, because it's a lie, the the people who are pushing the Durham report really did some good stuff. Uh, they had to t- talk in and to defend the. the the themselves they had to to lie some more yeah yeah no fact well that's all we'll say that uh subject for another time uh the, the tightrope fox is walking and we're going to close with two names uh and get your uh thoughts on these two names the first anderson cooper uh, is he the biggest apple polisher uh, in uh, <laughs> the mainstream media today? Anderson Cooper, of course, coming with his defense of CNN for the town hall meeting. Your thoughts about uh, Anderson? Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he, he, I was embarrassed for him, actually. You know, he, 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 he and he ends up attacking um, everyone who thought to recognize that CNN should not have put that quote, town hall on the air by saying that we can't live in a silo. And nobody at MSNBC, for example, is living in a silo. Uh, I mean, they they, they covered from all kinds of ways. Uh, And CNN was just trying to jack up its ratings because they're in bad shape. And... um, they may be bought by somebody. I'm not sure who, but some. There are there rumors of, of them being up. Others want to load them. Yeah, I listen, man. He was just uh, that was clearly an attempt by uh, CNN to uh, move in and take some of Fox's audience. Uh, had nothing to do with covering the election. It had nothing to do with exposing Americans, breaking out of the silo to expose them to other views. Uh, we all know very well what Trump says and has been saying. We've all been exposed to it. It's not like, oh, thank you, CNN, for te- for showing us something that people are saying. Or like there was some kind of there's some kind of discourse there that might convince people otherwise, other than utter lunacy and lying by Donald Trump. Well, you know, they what they did was really they let Trump choose the audience, those who would be there, uh, and so you you ended up. It was a rally. Caitlin Collins. Collins. She just she was she was like up against a tsunami of right wing lies, or what have you. She's trying to. She was trying to deal with them, but she, uh, only uh, Lawrence um, McDonald or uh, uh, or O'Donnell. Uh, uh, 
or yeah, Lawrence on MSNBC, right? Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah. O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah. I get my Irish names mixed up. But anyway, anyway, he, he it would have been interesting seeing him head up that. Um, I, that I don't think anybody could have headed that. I think that was um, that was the political equivalent of pro wrestling. Uh, it was a loser's game. They shouldn't have done it. And, well, no, they shouldn't have done it for sure. Yeah, they shouldn't have done it. So I, I don't. And, and, and if they could do it over again, they wouldn't. You know, or if you just gone the complete other way and just emulated Trump, just yelled at him, talk over him, just spent the whole hour talking over Trump and like go Jerry Springer. Just if if they're gonna be Jerry Springer, then you be Jerry Springer. Uh, but don't you can't like set up a Jerry Springer format and then pretend it's face the nation or, you know, like the right. George Stephanopoulos show because it's not. And you're just being manipulated and used. And Anderson Cooper, shame on you. All right. Last name to throw at you. I told you I was going to do this. It really, we could, I'm going to be spending a, a show talking about this at greater length uh, at another time. But uh, sports related, sort of. Ja Morant. Um, one of the great young basketball players in the NBA has been suspended. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, a superstar guard, only 23 years old, uh, caught on video again, brandishing a gun. This is the second time, second video. The first one, uh, he was suspended, I believe, for eight games. And he apologized, said he would. Uh, he learned his lesson. He was going to therapy to deal with the pressures of being an NBA player. Uh, and that uh, he assured everybody he would move on from this. Uh, I forget how many weeks later, six weeks later, two months later, whatever it's been. Uh, once again, a video uh, appears on li Instagram Live. So his friends are putting it out. It's like it's not it's not like it's been secretly recorded by a reporter, Monroe. You know what I'm saying? It's like he he's his friends are putting it out. Uh, and. Um, Wow, what a self-destructive streak. You, uh, your thoughts. you know what comes to mind for me is this very old saying, youth is such a wonderful thing. It's too bad it's wasted on young people. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that was just a very foolish thing. Uh, if, if he were... LeBron James's age, he, he wouldn't have done that. Well, Le LeBron James, I know he's I mean, been at, at nineteen. Wouldn't I mean LeBron? Yeah, I, been, I said age, not yeah. Not, yeah. LeBron has been beyond his years. The, the same with um, Lou Alcindor. <laughs> yeah, Lou. Oh my goodness, Lou Alcindor, uh, the great. Yeah, he, you know, he was incredible when he was. 18. So you know, everybody... There's a, a photograph I have on my phone because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that's, he changed his name, but when he was a teenager, he was Lou Alcindor. Right. He grew up in New York. Um, he was a straight A student and he's a, he's a great columnist. Now I subscribe to his newsletter. He's one of my heroes. And he's a real writer. He's the, yeah, he's, he's a, a real writer. writer. Right. Yeah, and, and, he's a real writer. Yeah. yeah right. Um, there's a photo of him that he put on his um, uh, on his newsletter not too long ago 
that was taken in the 60s, and he's on a subway in New York. And he's so tall. He's like seven, he's seven foot two already. And he's just, it's, it kind of shocks you how tall he is. He's leaning over, and he's reading a book on the subway. And uh, it just captures the young Lou Alcindor. You know, right. he's a school, he's a schoolboy. He's got his books. He's reading the book. You know, he's a great athlete, right. but he's not just a dumb jock. You right. know, well, he's and, an he's an intellectual from from back then and to to this day. And and it's it's like there's so few Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in in the sports world, like intellectuals. You know, I mean, that's just. The reality, I guess, Monroe of, of society, the way sports, people concentrate on sports, don't concentrate on the books. There's, I can't think of many public intellectuals who played professional sports other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, Bill Bradley, I guess, would be yeah. another one. You yeah. know, who, this became a U.S. senator. Uh, uh, well, well uh, <laughs> Air, 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 Air Majesty was not an intellectual. He's about the great Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Yes, exactly. Okay. I, I saw the movie. Oh, what did you yeah. think of it? Oh, I, 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 I thought it was very good. It wasn't profound or anything like that, but it was, it was, it was very entertaining. Yeah. And, it was, and it, it was basically true to life you know i mean it was, it, it could have it could have been a documentary if they used the real people instead of actors no it well first of all it was a total propaganda movie for nike i could go on and on about how it wasn't true to life but neither here nor there okay I, go give me a couple of that because i i don't follow this stuff as oh my goodness uh all right so one obvious example uh in the movie they presented it um the demand that Michael Jordan's mom made that he could be, be given a percentage of the shoes as shocking and yeah. mind blowing. Uh, and they did that for dr dramatic purposes yeah. uh, to, to propel the plot. In reality, that was a business model that Phil Knight set up and had set to bring in uh, prominent athletes for several years. So he tried to get Magic Johnson in about 1980 to sign on with Nike, uh, promising Magic Johnson a percentage of each shoe because yeah. he didn't have the money to pay up front. So instead of paying up front the money to Magic yeah. Johnson, he okay. said, I'll give you a percentage. And Magic yeah. turned down and went with Converse. And in the, uh, the movie about the Lakers, they tabulated, uh, which is, by the way, uh, an enjoyable flick, even if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar totally ripped it. But they tabulated the amount of money that Magic Johnson lost because he didn't take the deal. And it's like billions of dollars, Monroe. Yeah, right. So that was, to me, the most obvious example there where they make it, for dramatic purposes, they said... Yeah, but it didn't make... It didn't make it, it, if, 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 if Knight had done it previously then it didn't make it any less true. It just, it just I mean, not, not, not true. It didn't make it, it, it wasn't a PR move on their behalf. It was a a a, a, a way of um, moving the plot along. Yeah, yeah. No, but that was just to me an example of how it wasn't based in fact. Uh, yeah. And um, listen, I'm a hypocrite because here I am criticizing it. I loved every minute of it while I was watching. And you know how I'm a typical Bulls fan. 
anybody criticizes Michael Jordan, I go, don't you ever say anything bad about Michael Jordan. <laughs> Six rings, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's the difference between LeBron and Michael. LeBron has two, I think. Four. Four, okay. He's, he's got yeah. four. Yeah, he's accumulated four over the years. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Michael holds up his six when people compare. Yeah, no, and, and and Michael got his six, like in six in six years. Essentially, he took the two years off basically, and so there's only one. Michael. But he had, yeah, but the, but the difference is okay. And again, I'm I'm not a serious sports fan, mm-hmm. but so so I I know I'm. I'm putting myself at risk and he's really discussion with you. But but the difference is, first of all, Le, uh, Le, LeBron's played on three different teams. And Wait. so Michael was only on one. Yeah. And uh, two, actually, but go ahead. Yeah. What was the other one? Uh, he closed out his after he retired. Well, I'm about after his six. Yeah, I know. That doesn't, I know. The Washington Wizards doesn't. Yeah, count. right. Exactly. No, that was one of those he he couldn't quite quit quit doing yeah, it. Yeah, he couldn't. He, he was through with the Bulls, so he he cut a deal with the Wizards. You're right. Right. You're right. 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 Uh, so, but I'm talking about in terms of the ring chase. Yes. No. You're three right. Three teams versus one, and plus, um, when he was playing for Cleveland, when LeBron, he he literally was doing it by himself. Michael had Scotty. The 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 first time he was doing it, by the second time when he when LeBron won with Cleveland, he had two great, uh, he had two hall of hall of famers on the team with him. I predict Kevin Love was on that team, uh, and Kyrie Irving was on that team. Yeah, uh, and they won in 2016, and then uh, eventually they, they sort of fell apart because of injuries. But uh, listen, I I really come to respect and love LeBron James. I'm rooting for him uh, now in the playoffs. I just feel the way he's and, and, and Le- LeBron hasn't hasn't given us a uh, Republicans buy shoes. No yeah, no, he hasn't given us that. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, so I hope John Morant gets his act together uh, and gets his act together really fast uh, because he's doing a lot of damage to a lot. Of, I don't know a lot of people. I think with his behavior. Well, if 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 he doesn't learn from. Uh, this time, it's going to be a strike three, and you're out. Yeah. I, that that I believe, yeah. but I, but I'm sure his agent is is been having some I've come to Jesus discussions <laughs> with it. I mean, agents get a percentage of what they make. If they don't make anything, you don't get a percentage of anything. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's like you you messing with my money now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yours. <laughs> Like I don't, if, as long as he does the right thing, I really don't care why. All right. Uh, we're out of time. Monroe Anderson, thank you very much. Every Wednesday in the Ben Jarofsky Show, the great Monroe Anderson. So uh, I'll be talking to you next week, Monroe. Um, and I also want to thank producer Chris. Outstanding job. And I know Monroe agrees with me when I say give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow the Ben Jarofsky show on Instagram at Benny J Show and all over the internet on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. <laughs>